This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is Joel Fisher from Amatech Mocon. How are you, Joel? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Corey. How are you? Really good. I'm, I'm excited to hear about your background and your company. This is something very unique we haven't talked about on this podcast at all. And I think it's a really important aspect of sustainable packaging. Can you tell us a little bit about your background first, and then we'll, we'll start talking about Amatech Mocon? Absolutely. My personal background is I grew up in Minnesota, born in St. Paul, lived, raised here. Worked for Amatech Mocon now in Minneapolis. Went to school studying chemistry. Really got involved with the instrumental side of analyzing chemicals and material properties and the like. And then went to work for a company using like electron microscopes or looking at something called surface science. And about a little over 25 years ago, the group here at my company, Amatech Mocon, was looking for some people to really do some more in-depth research in materials for, for a lot of clients. And I got hired here at that time. And then from that time, I've kind of been promoted and worked my way up that I now manage our test laboratory here at MoCon. Nice. Looks like you've won quite a few awards behind you there. I'm seeing oh. it. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. There are, you know, definitely within the company. It's, it's a great group of people. Uh, also active, I don't know if it's up there, but I have a patent like for measuring oxygen through contact lenses. Wow. And there's, and there's another award actually got through ASTM from, from my committee members of just helping out and working hard within within our packaging committee. So that, that one is really special to me because the group of people at yeah. ASTM are just, they're just awesome. For the audience, can you tell us what ASTM stands for? Yeah, so it used to be like American Standards Testing you know, yep. Methodologies, but they really are now like ASTM International, so they don't really define the acronym anymore. But <laughs> I didn't know uh, that. <laughs> yeah, so... So, because they, what they are is so they're global standards on everything from, you know, testing concrete mm-hmm. to the polymers and packaging to things that doing right now is with even with like drug testing or medicals and pharmaceuticals and some things like that, or uh, even building prisons. There's a book on how how to create those. Wow. So they're they're in the standards, and my specific niche is when you look at polymers and things like that, I really focus on testing of packages. Mm-hmm. And and then properties of the, that packaging material. Very appropriate for this podcast, and very important for the future of sustainable packaging. Can you tell us a little bit about how the lab that you work at or run tests and service tests packaging and services your clients? Yeah, absolutely. So the the focus of my company is in our laboratory here is we analyze packaging materials and packages. And, and that could be anything in a grocery store or in a pharmacy. When you look at that packaging, it, it's made very intentionally. You look like a, at a potato chip bag and you open it up and you see that it's got the metallization on the inside. Well, it's there for mm-hmm. a reason. It provides good barrier for when they package that chip. And it, it's providing barrier so the the, the, the the chip itself stays 
fresh and, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it doesn't degrade and gives it the shelf life it needs. And a lot of the things that really de- lead to product degradation are just in our environment. They're, they're humidity mm-hmm. and they're oxygen, things oxygen. So what our equipment does is it measures how oxygen and water vapor and even CO2, those transport properties through the packaging materials that really then tie into the shelf life of the product inside of it. And what kind of challenges are you seeing your customers coming up against with new materials and sustainable packaging? That's a great question. I, I think overall, you know, they always want to be picking appropriate materials to give them the shelf life that they need. Right. Um, things like, you know, that's important. When you look at sustainable packaging, you know, that, that can be a focus of, you know, a lot of things like compostability, recyclability mm-hmm. and things like that, or adding regrind in. So you got post-consumer recyclables now added into things. And you need to have assurance that your product is going to be good. I mean, you can't right. have a, a serum or a medical thing, you know, that, that that's going to degrade over time or even yep. your your potato chip needs to be crunchy, right. you know. So, <laughs> right. So so I, I think I think a big challenge is, is you're trying to take materials, especially if you look at compostable, that this mm-hmm. is something designed to degrade in, you know, in, in a specific environment and, and go back to nature so you know, it can be reused again. Again, it's trying to also have something that provides really good barrier protection for, for the product. And, and they almost right. kind of go against each other in some ways. How can something be a really good barrier? To have the you know give me my shelf life and my freshness of my product, but then also allow it to you know compost and degrade over time. So that's a that's a very interesting mix that needs to be balanced right now, and, and that's very interesting on our part of helping yeah. customers. You know. We often say there's nothing sustainable about rotten, yeah. and I think that's important to perform first, and then and then figure out how to be sustainable as you go down the line of testing. So it sounds like your your customers are working hard on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's everything, you know, it's it's because you know these are very smart people and, and, and that they're joy to work with these these packaging engineers and these brand owners who are yeah. protecting their products. Yep. Are you seeing any cool trends or interesting trends in the in the packaging industry that you want to talk about? Yeah, I think I think a trend now, you know, when I grew up, so I'm, I'm in my mid fifties, you know, you had potato chips and they, they were like in a, in a wax paper kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of pouch. And then mm-hmm. you fast forward to today and now it's that nice metalized and polymer structure. Mm-hmm. And now people are really trying to go back to paper and coated papers. So as people are trying to utilize papers and coated papers and build more barrier into them, I think that's a really neat, neat things that's going on in, in the progress of this. You know that, and then the other thing now is is also the post-consumer recyclable. Getting these things back into into the polymers is pretty is very interesting too. Does it have the same properties? Does it have the same okay. barrier materials and performance? So, you know, working with that and trying to qualify all that to make sure that you know things live up to to what they need to be in their specs is, it, to me, is is still it's still cutting edge. Things are going on with it. That's that's, yeah. that's pretty neat. Oh, well, well, well said. Very true. It's, it's exciting to see the investment of time and money that's going into this push towards sustainability. So your, your comp- a customer would send you a new material and they would say, please show us how this material performs with oxygen transfer rate and things like that. Is that what I'm hearing? 
Yeah, exactly. Really, the our company is really known for manufacturing the equipment to make those measurements. We oh, pioneered, okay. Yeah, we pioneered a lot of the testing for oxygen transmission rate and water vapor transmission rate going back, you know, 50 years. So we've been around a lot, just generically. A lot of times people call them, you know, what is, what is the MOCON test or what are your MOCON numbers, which is a wow. pretty pretty nice niche you know like kleenex exactly (laughs) it it, it really is i mean we are we're the leaders i mean we're active within astms we have patents and all the stuff around it but not everyone can afford the equipment you know to do that testing themselves or hire the personnel and the expertise to you know know, to run it to see a lot of you know material vendors that are or suppliers who are you know creating films putting films together they'll have our equipment the brand owners will have it to verify things. But if there's someone new or starting up and maybe that, that it's a big investment in this equipment, then they need to outsource it. So I, I oversee a laboratory with roughly 100 instruments that we do oxygen, water vapor, and CO2 measurements of all types of films, materials, packaging, things on a day-to-day basis. So we provide that service for people who just don't have our equipment. Or sometimes maybe they're doing a very large project because these times, you know, the the test durations, unlike other physical tests, a matter of minutes, it can be hours to days to weeks sometimes when you get really, really, really high, high barrier materials. Yeah. Mm. You know, when you, when you put additives to packages, maybe you add some scavengers in them. So they really slow down the, the transmission rates of these things. Mm. They can be some really long tests. So we provide overflow testing for, for people as mm. well. And sometimes just third-party verification that the materials really do perform as stated per their specs. Does the material come to you as raw material or does it come to you as printed, ready to be used? Or is yeah. it or is it already been packaged and it's full of food? <laughs> or all yeah. three? That is, you know, that, that's a great question. So we don't we, we don't do any extruding or you know, thing or lambding or things like that. It's it's got to be kind of near its final form. So yeah. material would come as the film, you know, with the multi-layers or, or assembled and, and the like, or it could come off the shelf. It could be a package. Maybe someone wants to know how this performs because a lot of times maybe the, the pristine packaging, especially when you deal with pouches, is different after processing. There's been more wear and tear. There's more crinkling of, of it. And when you're dealing with right. materials that have laminates and coatings that can weaken its structure or just the shipping and distribution might weaken its seals. And now, now you can get permeation through the seals and components like that. So we mm-hmm. see more of the latter of those two things, you know, the, 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 the package structures or the final full package. And then we, you know, we'd have to empty the contents out of it, but then we can still test how oxygen and water move through that, that material. I think that's a really important point to dwell on a little bit here is how material can transform through the process. Now, the raw material could could have these properties, but then once it goes through the heat sealing process, it could change the makeup of the the molecules. Is that something that you're seeing, like the heat seal maybe not performing or, or things like that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. If you take it to extreme sometimes, like, because we do things with like medical and pharma packaging, where they'll use foil, you know, you know multi-layered structure, and maybe that's not as much you know, renewable and recyclable at times, depending on, on, on the streams, but they've got pretty aggressive heat seals. And if you do a heat seal, that's too much pressure, too much time. A lot of times if you open up that pouch or you look inside of it, 
maybe like, like and what we do here is we'll have like we'll darken the room and we'll put like a light bulb inside of it. If huh. we can see light coming through it, that means we're going to measure gas transmission through it. You'll see that like around the perimeter. So hmm. even though it's not a hole in the structure, but it means that the, the, the foil has been compromised in a way. So even though you've got your sealant layers that are all intact, you will get a higher transmission rate than if you just thought it was the pristine film by itself. So the, yeah. the processing absolutely does impact the overall packages, barrier characteristics. Well said. Are you seeing a lot more monomaterials being tested and with, with the hopes that their performance will be as good as a multi-layer or I, I should say I, multi-material? Yeah, I think what we're, what trends we're trying to see is maybe trying to get like some coatings applied that'll provide the barrier and still good, good, good wear and tear. So I, I, th- I think a, a great, Example is paper and coated papers, how they're, they're really kind of coming back and they're emerging. And and maybe, the you know, you put this really great coating down, but, you know, maybe you don't have a good coating. Maybe there's a pinhole in the coating. Well, if there's a pinhole in the coating, gas is going to go through it pretty quickly. Yeah. So we, we, we do see, I, I see things like, co- like, like a coating or mm-hmm. maybe an additive that's put into there that still can be recycled through. Multi-layers will still be there for, for sealant layers and, and things like that in place. But th- there are trends. They're trying to lightweight the barrier layers. That, that's a big right. trend right now. You know, some of it is for, for this whole, you know, you know to, to be healthier and better with the, with the environment. And some just has to do with what what can they get? You know, what does what their, right. their stream look like? Can they get the product or not? And, maybe lightweighting a layer of like an EVOH or, or nylon or a barrier material helps them at least conserve their, uh, their, their you know, it, their, their products, you know, and, and, yeah. and the like. So supply chain, I guess, is where I was getting at. Very true. Very, very tough last couple of years with getting materials. I'm sure you've, you've seen a lot of things recently that you've never seen before. <laughs> People trying to do different things that haven't been done just so they can, make a package that'll work with the materials available. Is that, is that pretty common right now? Yeah, it, it is. It, it definitely is. And it's, you know, it, it, it yeah, I, I think it's, or they're just trying to source other vendors. If, if it's just, right. Especially if you're talking about like medical or pharma, where things are looking by the, you know, the FDA and like, you really have to show equivalency and if any, any pre kind of testing on that material really helps them. If, if down the road, they actually have to put like real life stability and things in place so they can vet the materials before they have to go that far into it. Yeah. You know, I, I think one thing that I think is pretty interesting is, is I was talking with some, with, with a professor who, who's helped kind of consulting with a company of putting post-consumer recyclable in and making the, these shampoo bottles. And they had a conversation with them like five years ago. At that point, they're trying to add a lot of PCR content and, but they still wanted the, the, the bottle to look pristine and make it almost look like it was virgin. Yeah. Now they're they're coming back to it and, and they're saying, you know, that's not what they want anymore. Now they want it to look like it's got recycled content because <laughs> the consumer really wants this now. Right. So I, I see that now in awareness in the marketplace really being driven by a lot of consumers and what they want to do to be yeah. healthy and good for the environment. That is so true. And it's such an important topic for this show because sustainable packaging has become a selling feature and it's not just cool PR. It's people are seeking out when making purchasing decisions and saying, I will move to this material if it's better for the environment, which is... Yeah. 
it's exciting to see like me and somebody like you who's interested in that. <laughs> but I interviewed Frederick Drew from Unilever and he said the Wren brand, uh, their bottles are gray now and they're they're proud of it because it's a high PCR content. And he said, yep. they're, t- they're telling their customers, look, we're using PCR and we're doing our best. And it's exciting to see this new trend. It really is. It really is. Do you have like a most popular machine that you sell? It, it'd be like two instruments. One's yeah. called an, an Oxtran. It measures oxygen transmission rate through things. Yeah. And that's, that's just so important for, for food. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of times people think about food. If you want to extend the shelf life, they put additives in it. But there, but there's also a big trend not to have additives and, and, and yeah. keep that out. So the the thing with with food is like then they'll do a modified atmosphere. They'll flush it with nitrogen and seal it to keep mm. the oxygen low. And then you need a barrier around it. So our oxtran instruments help with that measurements, and then our permatran instruments are our water vapor instruments that do you know the same type of thing and look at how water vapor moves through material mm. packaging. You know whether it's a tray, a bottle, or or a pouch type material. Those are most common. So how does the machine measure that? Does, do you, I'm imagining like you put the material over something and then it's got instruments that are pushing the, the I, you know, like I can't, yeah. can you kind of explain that to us like visually without being able to see it? Yeah, I'll, I'll try. So the, the core of any test, any permeation test is we're trying to measure how gas moves from one side of the film or membrane to the other side. And, and what drives it is how much gas is there? Large concentration. So what we, for an oxygen test is, is we place this film, if, we, if it's just a film or a sheeting, something like a, you'd use for a pouch, you put it across this thing called diffusion cell. And I envision that as if you take two coffee cups, two coffee mugs, clamp the mouths together with the film in between the two. Okay. On, on one, so now I've got these two cavities. And, and on one side, I'll flow oxygen at a known, known concentration and known temperature. And if I need to add humidity, I can do that. So I've got 100% oxygen on one side. On the other side, I'll flow a different gas. Nitrogen flows through the other side. And what that sets up is this differential. And, and just like uh, it's kind of a law of nature of, of like decreasing entropy, like everything wants to settle. Like, you know, if there's a bad smell in the room. It permeates throughout the whole room. <laughs> right. Well, well Oxygen will absorb its way into the film and want to get to the other side. It wants to drive through. We call that a driving force. Hmm. And what we're doing is if given enough time in that situation, you'll come to equilibrium on both sides. Nitrogen will go one way, oxygen, it'll all be at equilibrium because that's, that's, that's the harmony it's seeking. But because we keep flowing that nitrogen gas through, we keep sweeping away any of that oxygen that permeates through. And we sweep it to a detector that's tuned specifically for oxygen gas. Mm-hmm. And that way, now we can quantify the amount of oxygen in that gas stream. And by knowing, wow. basically, by doing that, I get an oxygen transmission rate. How many cc's of oxygen per day are going through that? And, and Incredible. Really, it's, yeah, it's the same way for water vapor or for CO2. Like, And CO2 is like important for, you know, carbonated soft drinks. Right. Uh, it's a big deal. Or like a lot of the cheese packaging, you know, you look at that and like, oh, it's vacuum packed. Well, initially... It was packed with CO2, but the CO2 absorbed in the cheese and makes it look like a vacuum. Oh. Or there's breads and things like that, too. So a lot of the food packaging, those are like the three big players that, that, that they're really interested in are oxygen, water, and CO2. Can you provide your customer, or can if they buy your equipment, can they disseminate a shelf life based on these tests? Yeah, it, it, it works. It's, it's hand-to-hand. I mean, the, 
that what they need to know is their product. You know, what is it that impacts it? Is it oxygen right. and how much it is? So they'd be working closely with food scientists to mm. determine what they need. And, and a lot of it's been done. If you kind of like in the industry where they, they use modified atmosphere, this map packaging, mm-hmm. there's like known mixes of gases to put in there and what types of barriers you need. But it can still be very specific to the product, the, the specific product. I mean, there's so many foods that are dependent upon their, their their moisture content and where they are in the curve, like coffee. I mean, yep, they you dry it out, but you also they, they have to quench the process after roasting and they have to make sure you know it's dry then and when they do the packaging. So yeah. the shelf life will be based upon all these factors, but usually within the, the specific niche, they they know what they need. And if you don't know what you need, find a similar product like it and then and then see what they do. I mean, that, that's yeah. a great place to start. That's incredible. I've had a few projects in my career that required testing like you're talking about, but also required atmospheric testing that simulates going over a mountain. Yeah. Is that something that you guys offer or, or work on as well? Yeah, so I'll be, my lab focuses on the, how gas transport properties yeah. are looking at. We do have equipment that can like pressurize a package and then see okay. like, is are the seals going to come apart? Is the package going to burst? So you, you can do that type of thing. You can do it two ways. One, you can pierce into it and then like, it, like, uh, oh. and, 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 and make it expand. Or the other one is you put it in like in a controlled vacuum environment and watch right. what happens there too. So we, we have equipment for doing those tests. A lot of those tests are very much faster tests. So people tend to just purchase and buy those those testers and do them themselves, you know. Right. But yeah, so yeah, that's, that's a big test, especially for seal integrity to make sure so, that things can move through different altitudes and the like. I think it's important for people to understand that their product may go over the mountain and may be exposed to extreme altitudes or maybe in an airplane someday and you don't want it to pop open. So that's really valuable. What else does Amatech Mocon have in store for sustainable packaging testing? Yeah, you know, I guess what, what, what tends to go in hand with, you know, you, you, with, with sustainable packaging, I look at it's, you know, especially with food, but also with healthcare is, you know, I've talked about modified atmospheres to, to, to help extend the shelf life of my product, of products. So we do have an array of, of equipment that Either the people who are doing online packaging and filling, you know, that we've got things that control can control and monitor the gases that are used to flush and put in those potato chip bags or or or, or pouches with bread or things that like that, or even even those little snack trays like that you have, like the environment oh, yeah. within the cra- cracker side. All those little little environments are are engineered to be, you know, specific environments to prolong the shelf life of that that cheese or or or, or that cracker to make sure it's still crisp. So we have equipment that can be used online as these modified atmospheres are being done to verify that you have it. Or after the fact, it's a destructive test, but you'll, you'll poke and pierce into it to verify that you've got the right headspace that you wanted, the right modified atmosphere, the right amount of nitrogen or CO2 that you wanted within that package. Well, this has been very insightful. Thank you so much, Joel. I really appreciate your time. Yeah. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you and, and your company? Yeah, I mean, me in specific, it would be my name, Joel, J-O-E-L yeah. dot Fisher, F-I-S-C-H-E-R at Amatech, A-M-E-T-E-K dot com. I can be reached directly through that way. The company itself, not, that was a great question. I, I just wasn't ready for that. <laughs> Maybe website, LinkedIn. 
Yeah, we definitely yeah. have a website. I, I do have a LinkedIn profile as well. Yeah, I probably should have gone with the website first. Otherwise, people are just <laughs> we'll, we'll put all good. the links in the in the show notes so people could just click on that for you. Awesome. But, uh, thank you, sir. Really appreciate this and looking forward to meeting you someday in person. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Joel. Have a great rest of your day. This episode is sponsored by SpecRite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve. The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging innovation and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.